more silly season discussion, more trade rumors. Are the Devils really that far behind in their rebuild? What's the direction that the Toronto Maple Leafs are going in? Overall, could we see them unload? Is Michael of Locked On Leafs really starting to come around to that? Also, is Miles Wood an underrated player? And how is this offseason going to look for both of our respective rosters? We have a lot to discuss, so it is part two once again with Michael of Locked On Leafs. So let's get right into it. Buckle up. We're all over the board once again. We have a lot to discuss, and I think you guys are going to like this one. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to Locked On Devils Podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Writers, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 2.38 p.m. Eastern Time, July 12, 2021 at the time of this recording. And it is part two. That's right. If you missed the last episode, uh, part one of my crossover with Michael of Locked On Leafs was posted. We basically were discussing Silly Season, we were discussing the 3-1 lead, we were discussing Andreas Janssen, and overall we were all over the board in part one of our crossover, but the main uh, point of our crossover was discussing a Silly Season potential trade offer of seeing what we could get for Morgan Riley, because obviously the um, Maple Leafs are going to be in cap trouble because, you know, they got Marner, they got Matthews, they got Tavares, they've got... Um, you know, Campbell, they have a lot of players to um, uh, basically think about in terms of their overall cap space. And also someone like Morgan Riley, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent next season, is going to demand for at least seven million. That's what I'm hearing at least. So, you know, I was basically saying, you know, uh, there's rumors that the New Jersey Devils are willing to trade their fourth overall uh, pick for a decent defenseman. A lot of you were coming at me saying like my trade offer was way too high for Morgan Riley. And you know what? I do agree with you. It was relatively high. Maybe I did go uh, a little overboard. I was drunk with power. But at the same time, guys, it's silly season. It's silly season for a reason. It's not meant to be taken seriously. It's meant to be fun. And overall, just say like, you know, if I was a GM in this hypothetical scenario, what would I do? Because silly season is just overall discussion, just overall narratives, because it's a slow part of the offseason and overall just trying to, you know, find things to talk about. Obviously, the expansion draft will be in about 10 days at the time of this recording. And then obviously, we got the uh, amateur draft just a few days after that. So obviously, you know, that's when things are going to start to pick up. And then free agency will start on the 28th. And then overall, we will have a lot to discuss. But Overall, for right now, it's just to have fun with the offseason, see what's going to happen, see where the New Jersey Devils are at here from different perspectives. And overall, I'm having fun with Michael of Lockdown Leafs, and I'm having so much fun that I had to jam it into two crossovers. So I'm going to have fun with this. And overall, he's just going to try to, you know, I guess, quote unquote, talk some sense into me because, you know, um, he, he said that um, my trade offer was too high. And obviously, if Tom Fitzgerald were to do this kind of trade in real life and if this does not work out, then, you know, um, this is a kind of move that does get you fired. But at the end of the day, it's meant to be fun. It's silly season. So why not have some fun with this sort of thing? And it's also worth noting that Riley does have a no movement clause. So if uh, he were to be traded to the New Jersey Devils, he would have to be given consent to do so because 
obviously he can pick or choose which team he wants to join. So obviously if he picks the New Jersey Devils, then that must be a good sign that he wants to come here and sign long term that he sees our future. So, you know, there's that right there. Just, you know, paying you guys a picture. I forgot to mention that in our crossover, but I'm mentioning it now. Better late than never. So anyway, uh, we're going to talk to uh, Michael of Lockdown Leafs. We're going to continue our discussion in terms of silly season. We're going to talk about Pavel Zaka. We're going to be talking about um, the overall just scenario as to where the New Jersey Devils are at in their rebuild. He and I are kind of at odds end in terms of where the New Jersey Devils are at. Personally, I think we're a little farther along in our rebuild. He personally doesn't think so, but overall, I think that we uh, have potential to do something special next season. And, you know, I've talked to Neil of Devil's State of Mind just recently, and, you know, he kind of agrees with me. He says that the New Jersey Devils, if they, you know, get their act together, if they remain consistent, if we play more than just uh, the, the teams out east, then I think we'll be pretty decent next season. But obviously, we just have to see how something like that goes. But, you know, that's my overall opinion. But you guys are going to hear more of that in the crossover. So without further ado, we're going to talk to Michael of Locked on Leafs in a second. We're going to begin part two of our awesome crossover. But first, let's get some stuff out the way. Let's do a couple live reads. So the first live read comes from Bill Barr. So I guys, I need some energy because I am low on it because, you know what, I haven't had a Bill Barr in a couple of days. But did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They have coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? I love the birthday cake one if you want to give me a belated birthday gift. So if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars ever, but they're super healthy as well. So do you need more information in terms of their health? Well, most of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So order today and get that raspberry or that grasshopper cookie or whatever you like. So the offer is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 50% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Now the second live read comes from BetOnline.ag. So obviously, guys, uh, I just want to say this. Please gamble responsibly. Can't reiterate that enough. So BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing. The Home Run Derby is tonight at the time of this recording, and the All-Star Game is going to be very soon. So you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign bonuses, and contest information. Don't stay on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Excuse me. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, and remember to use that promo code LOCKEDON. And you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts once again. And be sure to visit our friends at Locked On Best as they give you guys all their latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs as well. Man, those live reads take a lot out of me. Okay, let's bring in Michael of Locked On Maple Leafs to have another discussion in terms of our rebuild, in terms of silly season discussion, in terms of a lot of other things in part two of our amazing crossover. So let's take it away, everybody. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying this is silly season season for a discussion i gave you point example explain you know i told you your salary cap situation and overall you know i know sometimes to make uh, big trades like that sometimes you need to come out guns blazing i mean i'll be honest with you um i know pavel zaka he he doesn't really like look good uh from a 
stats perspective, like, you know, obviously he was in the same draft class as one of your good players, Mitchell Marner. And obviously Mitchell Marner is a scoring leader. And obviously uh, the 2015 draft class was one of the best draft classes in recent memory. So I, I get that's why you would laugh in your face or in my face, excuse me. But at the end of the day, it's just like, uh, you know, what about Pavel Zaka? And, you know, obviously, you know, just a few other good pieces like that fourth overall pick and maybe a, a, a decent to good prospect. So uh, so you're saying you want Miles Wood, the fourth overall selection. Is there a prospect you have your eyes on? Because like I said, you know, th- this would be kind of going all in. And, and me as a GM, I would be risking my job, quite honestly. I mean, like, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how much more like Morgan Riley is worth <laughs> to you guys. Is he really worth that much where you think that you would also be willing to toss in even more on top of that to get it done? Well, look, uh, you know, the Sabres are demanding a significant roster player. They're de- uh, demanding for a high level prospect. And they're also demanding for, um, you know, a first round draft selection. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if, if the shoe fits, then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go all in for like, you know, someone like uh, Morgan Riley. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, uh, we, we need something. We really need something on the defensive side of things because right now the only player that we have uh, to look forward to is Ty Smith. And obviously we, we want a little bit more. But, you know, just, just to say that I, I'm telling you, we have the money and we have the assets. We have the capability to pull off a big trade. It's just a matter of who do we pull it off for? If we added Travis Dermott and you gave us Damon Severson on top of those deals, would you would you do that? Okay, so Dermott for uh, Severson, essentially, or, you know, just, just adding into the deal. <sighs> would I do that? Oof. Well, you know, let's see. Damon Severson is also one of our alternate captains, so it's like we'd be trading away four alternate captains in a matter of less than a year. Cause we had to get rid of Paul Mary and Zajac. And now we got to so probably not. So pro- yeah. probably, probably I mean, not. look, Severson is average at best. Dermot is average at best. I think we both can agree on that. Right. I, I personally think that David Severson is a much better hockey player than Travis Dermot. In my opinion, unless I didn't watch much of Damon Severson this season because I was pretty focused on what was going on up here north in Canada. But Severson, I think, has been a very respectable top four defenseman through, you know, the the first four years of his career, four or five years of his career. If he's dropped off a little bit, maybe I'm, I'm unaware. You can educate me if he had a bad season and kind of something that's going on with Severson. But up until this year, you know, I, I thought that I've always looked at him as respectable top four defenseman. So the thing is, is that, you know, is he a respectable player? Yes, you are absolutely right. I respect his production. However, I respect his production more of what he was able to do a few years ago for the New Jersey Devils. Like uh, after last season, I kind of had higher hopes for Damon Severson because, you know, he was kind of the one uh, helping our defense out. But this year, he kind of dropped off in terms of production, points, whatever the case might be. You know, I get a defenseman is not meant to be a goal getter, but at the same time, you know, I expect a, a little bit better. And all our defensemen got outshone out by a rookie. Like, literally, Ty Smith is a rookie who, who has to prove himself as well. 
But at the same time, he's leading a defensive unit, a defensive unit that has someone like Damon Severson, an alternate captain, and P.K. Subban, a former Norris Trophy winner, and Ryan Murray, a former second overall selection back in 2012, who Jay Forrester of Locked On uh, Columbus Blue Jackets said that Murray is one of the best passers in terms of defensemen when he's healthy. So it's just like, how do you get outshined by a rookie yeah, no, like I, I, I totally get where you're coming from there. I mean, it's, it's happens every year where players just kind of plateau where you expect for them to take one more leap in their game as they approach, you know, through their mid twenties and they don't, they just kind of plateau and it sometimes seems disappointing, but I think if you kind of pull out from a bigger picture perspective, and sometimes it's really tough to do that when you're in the market and you're so invested, but like players, often have more value than you think and they're often better than you think and like the grass isn't always greener on the other side type of deal you know I there's not a lot of you know fourth defensemen that are better than Damon Severson I would even maybe go as far to call him like a third defenseman I think on the second pair Severson is an extremely uh, reliable defenseman for me and and you know I, I wouldn't be so quick to trade him away but if you're looking to, to to acquire Morgan Riley, I mean, hey, I might want him included in that deal just because I think Toronto still will need to replace Morgan Riley. So if, if we can make that work, you know, Riley and Dermot and I don't know, what else do you need? What, do you need anything else? Dermot and maybe a prospect? Here's what we need. Yeah. No, we don't need a prospect. We don't need a forward. Yes, our offense is nothing impressive, but I'd say that's not top priority. I'd say... Uh, here's what we need, especially. So we need some defense and we need a backup goaltender because Corey Crawford uh, retired abruptly before the start of the season and Scott Wedgwood had to become our backup goaltender. And then when Mackenzie Blackwood goes onto the COVID protocol list and is dealing with injury, Scott Wedgwood essentially becomes our starting netminder. And he did solid, nothing spectacular, but solid. And it's not Scott Wedgwood's fault. He was put into a predicament and obviously he was not prepared for what was to come to him. And um, the thing was, is that Scott Wedgwood, prior to um, of signing with the New Jersey Devils and playing in his first game for the Devils, he hadn't played in an NHL game in almost like, what, three years? So it, it, that's what we need. I, I respect Scott Wedgwood. We just re-signed him to a one-year extension, and I think uh, rightfully he deserved it. And albeit we're just trying to find a goalie to expose in the draft. We don't want to expose Mackenzie Blackwood. But at the end of the day, Scott Wedgwood has to be third-string goalie. He cannot be backup. If that makes sense, I, I I totally get it. We do not have a goalie to give you, though, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, it was a long shot. It was a yeah. long shot. Goalies are in high demand, yet they're very scarce for some yeah, reason. Exactly. Good goalies are are in high demand, but backup goalies you can kind of find. You can find some some out on the market there. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think there is there is a framework here that I believe could work. There are are you know needs that both sides have that could make a deal work, I think. And if Toronto, if, if, if Toronto gets is having conversations and I think the only way that Toronto moves on from Morgan Riley uh, to get into like a more legitimate conversation about this is if they have discussions with him this summer or even like right now, almost, and they find out what is your price on an extension. And if they don't come to an agreement on an extension over the next few weeks, maybe that's when they start to pick up the phone and say, okay, well then what can we get 
on the market if we trade him? What what are you know what is the rest of the league willing to give up to bring in a piece like Morgan Riley? Because like you said, the Maple Leafs are in a cap crunch and going forward, they're not going to be able to pay top top dollar like you know some may want. Like if he wants seven and a half, eight, nine million dollars, you know, nine million, like what PK Subban got, he's not going to get that here in Toronto. And if that's what he wants, then I think, you know, the Leafs may be in their best interest to kind of look around and see if there's a team out there who can afford to give him the type of contract that he wants that also would pay up to acquire him and, and get his rights and get him a year early and to just to make sure that, you know, he's the player that they want and get a, you know, a real firsthand look at him like the New Jersey Devils may. Then I think that the Leafs would entertain the possibility of that. But if they, if he is okay with taking a bit of a, a cheaper contract or I don't even know if it's cheaper, like you look at what Tory Krug signed for last year, you know, six and change. I think that's relatively about what I think would be a fair deal for Morgan Riley. And at just over a million dollars of an increase, I think that might be worth keeping him around here in Toronto. You know, he's an assistant captain. He's, he's the longest tenured Leaf at this point. You know, he embodies what it means to be a Maple Leaf. The biggest issue, I think, is if he does want a little bit more money because it's his, really his first time to cash in or his last time to cash in. He, he won't be able to do that here in Toronto, but I don't sense him as a very money hungry guy per se. So that's kind of, I think what is going through the mind of a lot of Maple Leafs fans and, and what might be being deliberated within Toronto Maple Leafs front office at this point, when it comes to Riley and what they do with them going forward. If I had a nickel for every time someone told me that, you know, a player's not too money hungry, uh, I, I'd be rich at this point, but you know, I get what you're saying, but at the end of the day, like I told you, this is a business. So, you know, if Morgan Riley feels though he can get a better offer somewhere else, or if Absolutely. it's his best interest to maybe leave. And, you know, um, I, I feel like for the devils and I'm not trying to make a hot take here, we're, we're not on your guys' level, but I feel as though if we were healthy this year, if we were uh, just a little more consistent, if we had some more practice time, because obviously practice time was scarce then um, I, I feel as though we would be in the same situation as the New York Rangers were in, which is we're knocking on the playoffs door. We don't make it, but we're knocking on the door. Uh, as an that's outsider, a, I don't see it. I'll that's a hot take. That's a hot take because we, we started off the season pretty well, and it looked like Mackenzie Blackwood might put his name into the Vesna trophy hunt. Quite honestly, didn't I did not say he's going to win it. I just said he's you know putting his name into the hunt you know to start the year, but that's my personal opinion, but we just hit a wall because, you know, we had to deal with COVID and, and look at the teams that struggled after their COVID outbreak, the Sabres struggled, the stars struggled, the devils, uh, us, we struggled. So it's just like, you know, that I know it's a hot take. I know it's subjective, but at the end of the day, I just feel as though we have so much more potential that people just don't see. Perhaps, perhaps. And, and maybe I'm one of those guys where I'm just kind of blind to it at this point, but you know, I, I just I take a look at the division and, and what it would take to to even make the playoffs. Like you, I don't see New Jersey as a better team. Like well, New keep York, in mind, like keep in mind the Bruins right. and the uh, the Islanders got off to a very um, you know rocky way to end their season, and then you know like the, the, the Islanders the, they well, took uh, they took Tampa to Game Seven of the. Conference finals. No, a conference finals. However, however, look, look, look. To, to finish off the playoff seating, they were struggling. Like you know, to finish off the regular season, not the playoffs. They stepped up their game in the playoffs. 
but regular sure. season. But I, they're still they're still a, a really good team, a well coached team that plays a solid game. I think there's there's no debating that. And and I, I think they're a better team than the than the the Devils. Oh, no. I think the Rangers are a better team than the Devils. I think the uh, the exactly. the Washington Capitals are a better team. The Pittsburgh Penguins are a better Washington team. The Capitals are kind of in the same situation as you guys, which is they have a lot of talent. Yet, uh, albeit they did win a cup a couple years ago, so maybe this is not a fair comparison. But it just seems like, despite all the veteran pieces, despite all the All Star pieces, despite um, you know having of uh, 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 you know a well-respected coach in Peter Laviolette and despite uh, having Alexander Ovechkin who's a first ballot Hall of Famer and no questions asked they still don't seem to get over the hump same with the Edmonton Oilers well I think I mean they're two years removed from a Stanley Cup I think they've they've right. certainly got over the hump and this year as much as you could say that the Dur- the the New Jersey Devils struggled due to COVID, you know you you had some COVID issues in in Washington as well, right? So it's it's not like they didn't have to fight through the COVID like like some other teams here. Um, but I just I I personally don't don't see it, which is why I'm I'm somewhat questioning why there were New Jersey bloggers and and you know reporters are so gung-ho about bringing in some like a win now piece and oh, I, willing can, to give I can up. answer that i can answer that because well, just, um, like willing to give up a fourth overall pick where which can easily fit more so into the time frame of when this team is going to be successful because i still think they're a couple years away and i mean keep in mind morgan riley also is a ufa so you're not only having to bring him in but you you got to make sure that you got him extended and i would assume that that conversation would probably happen ahead of time but you do got to remember that that he is a ufa at the end of the year and i mean if you make that trade and just assume yeah we'll figure it out and then you don't you've now given up a fourth a fourth overall pick plus 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 to bring in morgan riley and i mean at the end of the day i, I just think that the devils are a couple of years away from competing they may make the playoffs in the next couple of seasons but take it from a Leafs fan make the playoffs isn't anything unless you're winning rounds and you're making deep runs. It actually sucks to be honest with you. So I think until your team is really set up for success, which I think the devils are still young and trying to build their team and get there. I feel like making a push for a player like Morgan Riley right now is prop would probably be a misstep from, from an outsider's perspective. Right. Okay. So I can provide you the answer, which is, so we have two former first overall picks in um, Nico Heizer and Jack Hughes, obviously yep. Nico Heizer has been dealing with injuries. I say, if he's healthy, he can show people what he's capable of doing. Just look at his rookie year. And then for Jack Hughes, you know, I feel as though he has taken that step forward and he can only get better. It seems like he and Lindy Ruff have a good, um, you know, connection in terms of uh, head coach and player. So I feel as though Jack Hughes trajectory is heading in the right direction he struggled his rookie year, but obviously sophomore year, he was able to make the people around him better. And I feel like his stats would be much higher had, um, you know, he had more well-rounded teammates. Like obviously, uh, you know, with Igor Sharangovich and Yanni Kwokin and no disrespect to those guys, Sharangovich is my favorite player. I'm not sure if you see my Twitter, but it's just like, you know, they're, they're, they're rookies. They're, they're newbies. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're young guns. Like, you know, they're still very rusty. And Jack Hughes's shots just kept, uh, you know, ringing out. So he, he was actually tops in the league in terms of, you know, shooting it uh, towards the net and it just rings out. So I just feel as though Jack Hughes's numbers would have been much higher had there been an 82 game season and had, um, you know, his shots converted to goals. I know, I know that's, you know, a very blanket statement, but 
just he, just bear with me in that regards. And overall, I, I, I get it, but but Trey, 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 it takes more. Again, take it from a Leafs a Leafs perspective. It takes more than having one or two really good players to be a good team. Look at how many amazing players are littered on this Leafs roster, and we haven't been able to get out of the playoffs. A big reason for that is the lack of organizational depth. And that's what I see here with the Devils. There's a lack of organizational depth. You're not at that point where the Devil, where um, where Tampa was, where they were like, okay, we're just like a couple of pieces away. So let's go out and give up our first round pick to get Blake Coleman. Let's give up a first round pick to get Barkley Goudreau and just fill out that depth and become a more balanced team. And then we'll be ready to win the cup. I just don't see the New Jersey Devils at that point where they can give up massive, massive assets such as a, a Miles would or you know the fourth overall pick or you even said a guy like alexander holtz if it could potentially be on you know available if it was bringing in a guy like morgan riley and i look at those pieces i'm like you you need those pieces to build up a contender in new jersey you're just not there yet in my opinion i know i keep saying in my opinion but (laughs) it is (laughs) i get i get it i get it i understand like i said it's silly season why not entertain it and i'm just saying like you know Overall, it's just like, you know, what could potentially happen? And yes, you're right. This is a move that could potentially get uh, Tom Fitzgerald fired if it backfires completely. But well, you want to know what it look You, you want to know what exactly this move would be? This is Toronto about a decade ago made a trade for a guy named Phil Kessel. Do you recall that trade? You're probably you're super young at that point. You may have been 10 years old. <laughs> You're a young Man, you guys troll me for that all the time. Yes, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. <laughs> no, I know you know Phil Kessel, but like, are you aware of what that trade was? Like from Toronto. What happened? So they gave up a first round, two first round picks, and I think a second round pick as well, because they thought that they were on the precipice of 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 doing something. And and this was GM Brian Burke. Honestly, he just he he totally uh misjudged how good this team actually was. He thought that, you know, if they brought in an elite score, that this team was going to be a a solid team and they could do something that could not have been more wrong. There were so many flaws with this team. And then they ended up trading away two first round picks. And like, I, I believe a second was involved as well, but the very next year that that trade was made, the first first round pick, turned out to be a second overall selection that the Leafs gave up because they didn't realize how bad that their team actually was and flawed that the team actually was. That turned out to be Tyler Sagan. And a year later, they still did not have a first-round pick because they had brought in uh, Phil Kessel. They still didn't make the playoffs. It ended up being, I believe, the eighth overall selection the following season, and that turned into Dougie Hamilton. So there... There are Another a lot- player that could potentially come to New Jersey Devils, hypothetically, if, if, if they want to. But that's a sign-and-trade situation, and that's a discussion for another time. No, that's a free agent situation. That makes a hell of a lot more sense than, than Morgan Riley, to be honest with you. But you're right. That's a conversation that I'm sure you'll have over the next week and a half, two weeks with your with your fan base here on Locked on Devils. But, you know, I, I'm just saying that the thought process of let's win now. I, I want to start winning. I think we got a couple of good pieces. Let's go out and get a, a, an all-star player. It doesn't always work out, and it could really set your team back many, many years like it did for Toronto. That, that, that's all I'm saying. And that's kind of what I caution when I, I, I see how gung ho it seems like New Jersey is about adding and giving up significant pieces to bring in, a, a, you know, these, pl- these 
you know, star players like a Morgan Riley or, you know, somebody else who may be in the, in the rumor mill. I get you. And like I said, just a hypothetical scenario. Just wanted to see what your organization is at. And I uh, just wanted to see like, is, is, are these rumors true? Like, are you trying to deal away Morgan Riley? Would you be willing to give it to the devils or, you know, if not who, or what are you hearing? It was just basically my opinion of just, trying to hear your side in terms of like these rumors and stuff like that, or, or like, you know, just give my hypothetical trade scenario. And, you know, like I told you, like, you know, when, when Jack Eichel was revealed to be available for, um, you know, a trade, they said they want a significant roster piece. They, they want a first um, round selection. And uh, the Sabres also wanted a high level prospect. I said, theoretically, the devils kind of have that, you know, they could offer that if they wanted to, because, you know, the, not many teams can, uh, offer that so like a team like you guys you couldn't offer that because you said you don't have a first uh, round pick this year no so, we do not we gave that up for uh nick felino so okay so you know just <laughs> like like i said just hearing hypotheticals and overall just opinions as because you know the season's officially over so you know we're, we're about to see some major moves within the next uh few days or so especially with the draft being what like two weeks away so and also the expansion draft so you know, we got to see what happens there. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a fun, fun couple of weeks. I know I'm excited on, uh, on lockdown leaves to, to really dig into this expansion draft. I think uh, next week I'll be, I'll be heavy into it going after probably spend the week doing a whole bunch of, of drafts, looking at uh, all the different teams and figuring out, you know, who I would protect, put together my protection list for everybody, including obviously the, uh, the, the Maple Leafs a little more in depth, but I, I am an absolute junkie for for the offseason and, and expansion drafts, the actual draft, like free agency. It's going to be a, a jam-packed next couple of weeks here in, in the hockey world. Oh, no, you're right. And honestly, I like the expansion draft I because li- it's very interesting because it's like you're playing a video game. It's like, who do you protect? Who do you exactly. uh, expose? I did a crossover with Erica just a couple days ago in regards to that. Just like, you know, who from the New Jersey Devils are you willing to um, – uh, take because here are the players that I believe they're going to protect. And I think my list is going to come true, quite honestly. And remember the rules. Uh, you have to protect either seven forwards, three defensemen, yep. a goaltender, or you can protect eight skaters, in which include forwards and defensemen and one goaltender. Yeah. And also the Vegas Golden Knights are exempt from this draft. They are, which a lot of people forget because I, I see a lot of interesting theories about how, oh, the Vegas Golden Knights need to trade away one of Leonard or, or Flurry because of the expansion. They're going to lose one of them. So they have to trade one. It's like, all right, right, expansion exempt, actually. So they don't have to, although they probably do have to trade one of them just because they're so up against the cap. But it's not expansion related. It's because they paid a heck of a lot of money to some really good players because they could, because they had a lot of cap space, which is something that Seattle's going to have. So Seattle also probably going to end up being some pretty big factors into, uh, into this off season when it comes to picking up some talent, uh, whether it's through the trade market or for agency. But like I said, I'm really excited about the next couple of weeks here in, in the hockey off season. It's one of my favorite, favorite times in the hockey calendar. Yep, because it's a new season for us, for us to start fresh and see how our roster is going to be built, quite honestly. Exactly, exactly. Well, I'm hearing uh, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen is also a priority for the Devils on the defensive side of things. Yeah, Ristolainen probably 
out the door in Buffalo. And and I yeah, the Devils I could definitely see him being a, a destination for sure. I don't want him, but you know, yeah, I don't want him in Toronto either. <laughs> hey, there's something we agree on. So, Michael, uh, thank you for doing this crossover. Anything you would like to add? No, man, no. That was uh, that was fun. Like I said, I'm 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 quite surprised that you gave me uh, such a, a level-headed trade request. I was expecting. Uh, like I said, for you to come and, and try and give me your your garbage and a bag of pox as a trade offer, but it was respectable and it definitely made me think. And now I'm I'm almost like ready to to say goodbye to Morgan Riley. How did you do that? You're a Jedi. I just gotta I, I just gotta say, let's just be fair <laughs> and let's just and let's just uh, you know overall just just try this. Like you know, I, I, like I said, I don't want you to you know derive me completely so like jack hughes nico keiser off the table but yeah. someone like miles wood you know i like him but at the same time this is a business and if we're able to upgrade a little bit why not is there a single other player well maybe not single but let's say really quickly all right since you asked there's anything you want to talk about because miles miles wood is legitimately actually a player that i think would fit extremely well with the maple leafs what yeah. type of package would it take to to get him from New Jersey that didn't include Morgan Riley or like one one of the the core four offensive pieces? Obviously, are there some prospects uh, that that would interest you or some younger roster players that would interest you? Like, what's the the price point of a guy like Miles Wood and what does he mean and how valuable is he to to New Jersey? What would it take to get him out of there? So how valuable um, Miles Wood is to New Jersey is that, you know, it won't show up in the stat sheet. uh, He won't win a Selkie, but overall just uh, his two-way play is very impressive. The fact that, you know, he's able to light a fire under you. He's going to get in your face. Uh, He got in PK Subban's face uh, during practice one time and they both uh, fought. But Miles Wood is just an underrated leader, if you ask me, because he was able to, you know, be on a line of Michael McLeod and Nathan Bastian, two unproven guys. Uh, Obviously, you know, Nathan Bastian was able to lead um, or he was actually top in the league in hits for rookies. So, you know, I'm just just putting that out there. Like, you know, Nathan Bastian, I'll say it once again, was tops in the league for rookies. He finished in the second position and Michael McLeod was able to have a career high in all three scoring categories from goals, assists, and points, albeit he was playing in more games. But I feel as though Miles Wood, his leadership, is, it just, it's just so underrated. Like, um, he's one of our alternate captains. He really uh, stepped up his game uh, when it mattered most. He was tied with Pavel Zaka for most goals on the team. Overall, I, I just love the improvement from Miles Wood. And, you know, uh, when we're looking at his stats, he, he could have blown uh, his career highs, uh, you know, throughout the entire door, like the th- – throughout the entire building had there been an 82 game season. And then that's what bothers me. It's just that his stats could have been so much higher. His production could have um, shown a lot more had there been an 82 game season, but obviously, you know, we, we got to sell for what we got, but for, for miles wood um, you know, and, and, and Michael, you know, it's kind of hard to convince a young team like us to, you know, get to, you know, we'll, we'll take, we'll give you prospects in exchange for um, you know, someone like Miles Wood, because I feel like we have a lot of great prospects, you know, to choose from, like, you know, uh, Alexander Holtz, Nolan Foote, um, you know, Jesper Boquist, he's been a huge disappointment, but, you know, just just goes to show you, like, you know, how deep we are in terms of prospects. And then, obviously, um, you know, um, just just overall, you know, having that fourth overall selection this year's 
uh, draft uh, really helps us in that regards. But overall for Miles Wood, just his production and just uh, his overall impact for our roster, it's really um, undervalued. And I think he would be a huge asset for your team. So in terms of, uh, you know, players, um, I, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought of that, but, you know, you, you've given me something to think about in terms of would I be willing to trade Miles Wood? The answer is yes. The, I'm, you know, from a personal standpoint, I'm not really that attached to him, but I appreciate for him from a hockey standpoint. But like I said, this is a business. And, you know, like I told you, we had to part ways with Travis Zajac. So that was difficult. But at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, sometimes you got to make the difficult decision. But for Miles Wood, basically what I'm what I'm seeing for Miles Wood is just someone who is a diamond in the rough, just someone who's undervalued. And he would and if you were to a if you were to obtain them for your respective roster, then trust me, uh, you, you will not be disappointed. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure of it, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm interested. And a lot of Leafs nation really, really interested in a guy like, uh, in a guy like miles wood. I think he brings some intangibles to the, to the lineup that doesn't really exist in a lot of, a lot of these Maple Leafs players, especially within the top six and even more, especially if they lose out on, on Zach Hyman. So he's, he's like the one guy who I can see Toronto really wanting to bring into the fold on this New Jersey team. That, that would actually make sense. Clearly, you know, bring in a guy like Jack Hughes. Yeah, of course he'll do that. But I think that this one actually makes sense. The term is right. The money is right. The age is right. Um, and if these two sides can kind of hammer out a deal, I think that that he would be a, a, a great addition to to any Maple Leafs lineup. Yeah, and I agree with you. And uh, he will definitely light a fire under you guys. He will definitely be like getting in your face and just say, listen, I don't want to go home this early. It's time to step it up. And just overall, he's not afraid to spe- speak his mind. And, you know, the, the fact that um, not, not a lot of people know about him or his overall production for a team sometimes uh, bothers me. But Miles Wood, um, you know, he was a fourth round uh, selection uh, back in 2013. So he was, a like I said, diamond in the rough. Couldn't agree more, buddy. All right. Well, thank you for doing this. Yeah, of course. We'll have to do it again at some point. So I would like to once again thank Michael of Locked On Leafs for doing the crossover. The pleasure is always mine. We talked all things Devils. We talked all things Leafs. And hopefully you guys are informed by both uh, respective teams. And I'm looking forward to seeing what both of them do uh, this offseason and also next season. So it's going to be very exciting to see. And also at the time of recording, we saw that the Blackhawks and the Oilers just made a trade that involved Duncan Keith. And quite honestly, if the Devils were to make that kind of move and they were like on the Oilers side and they got Duncan Keith like player then guess what I officially quit on the organization because that's not the direction that I see the Devils going in but obviously that's a discussion for another time so just to tell you guys uh it is officially started silly season is underway and it's going to be coming true so Duncan Keith to the Oilers I don't know let me know what you guys think about that but anyway that's about all the time I have for you guys today thanks for tuning in continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day New Jersey I will catch you guys in the next episode Thanks for listening. And also, the Devils have a new CEO, and I'm liking it so far based on the reports, but I need to get more information before I have a final say on it. So, anyway, I will catch you guys in the next episode tomorrow.